Hello, Charles. Hello, everybody else. Just getting out the car. Just pulled up at my old house. I mean, it doesn't belong to me. I just rented it. But it's old in the sense that I've moved now. I just thought it'd be nice to record my uh, report here because uh, you get some of the lovely wildlife sounds in the background. Maybe you can hear the chirping of birds. To be fair, it's, it's mostly pigeons and pheasants here, where I am. I'm calling this report Bourbondale, for reasons that will become clear. It's, um, it's an extremely witty title, and I hope you all appreciate that. Oh, I'm just looking at all the snowdrops in the garden. Beautiful. Sad to leave these, uh, sad to leave the garden here. Not so sad to leave the house. It was a bit damp and cold in the winter. Uh, and I've only just gone to a different part of Cumbria, really, so not a massive move. Down to Troutbeck, near Windermere. Much closer to where I grew up, actually. I can see... From my garden now, I can see the Langdale Pikes, I can see the Coniston Fells, Wandsfell, Yoke, and uh, the fells around the top of the Kentmere Horseshoe there. Beautiful view, lovely place to be. Hope it'll be good for my running as well. Uh, but anyhow, I've come back here to the old house in Eden Valley to uh, get the last thing that I left here. We've cleaned out the house and everything, but I left behind a log cabin in the garage was a project that I was building. It's very small, it's like <laughs> playhouse size, but perfectly formed and beautifully handcrafted. Um, for sale now, if anybody <laughs> wants a log cabin, do not delay, contact me. Can be shipped to anywhere in the UK and reassembled. But anyhow, come to grab that with the trailer. So it's been a busy week, I've been moving house and I've not done a lot of running really. Well, I haven't done any running apart from two races. The only thing I did during the week was uh, some skiing in Scotland. Well, I say skiing. It was probably the most imbalanced effort-to-reward ratio of any ski, <laughs> ski ever. About 10 hours driving and maybe an hour of skinning uphill for possibly uh, 10 turns on decent snow. Gale force winds and... Uh, much heather showing through anyhow two races i won't really report on the first one because it's a bit sneaky it wasn't a fell race i went back to grisdale which is where i grew up grisdale forest for a trail race with all of the associated hullabaloo blow up start line and music and all that nonsense but uh I reckon I'll probably get to, I'll probably do about 30 fell races this year, all being well. And this will be the only non-fell race, so I think that ratio is... That's all right. And given it's where I grew up, I just thought, oh, it'd be nice to go back there and do it. I did it with my sister. Well, we both ran in the same race. I didn't run it with her. Um, in fact, the view out of my window, my bedroom window now, I can see... Uh, I can almost see over to Grisdale. I can see Clave Heights, which is just the other side of Hawkshead. Anyway, I'm getting distracted here. So, um, yeah, it was a half marathon on the trail. And uh, I'll tell you a little story about that. As soon as it's a pretty good one, I reckon. 
So I set off and there was three of us lads and we were uh, running along on these pretty hard tracks and uh, it was quite a quite a tasty pace I thought but I thought ah, we'll, we'll give it a go we'll see what happens and about uh, eight kilometers in uh, the, the one lad peeled up peeled back he just he just sort of dropped anchor as you say and uh, fell back I think he just decided nah it's not going to happen so he was gone and it was just me and this other fella who seemed very comfortable I was sort of huffing and puffing a bit but uh, the two of us were going around and um and he nearly dropped me when we got round to the sort of little table with sweets on they had halfway around because I stopped for about two seconds to grab a handful of sweets and he didn't. And so then I had to absolutely leg it to get back to him. And woe betide me, but I had grabbed a handful of jelly babies, which is not what you want. Talking about sweets that I mentioned the other week, um, I was going for the, uh, for the jelly babies. What did I just say? Yeah, I was going for the jelly babies, but what I got was the, the chewy jelly beans. Which is not what you want. They've got way too much chew. They're too hard. It's just a terrible thing to try and eat while you're running along. So I sort of just had a fistful of them that slowly got stickier and just formed this kind of block in my fist. And I was trying to post them in my mouth and keep up with this guy. And it was just I was just struggling, but I was like, I've got to try because... You know, we're more than halfway around the around the route now, and um, I'm still with him. And then, just as uh, just as we got to probably about the two thirds, uh, you know, we, we shared a few words back and forth, um, and it came up in conversation as it does that uh, no, no, he was actually doing the marathon. That's what he said. I said, ah, wouldn't that be nice? I laughed. I laughed out loud and said, ah, that would be nice for me, wouldn't it? He said, no, no, I am. And I was like, you're having me on. You're playing mind games here. You're trying to... This is uh, mental tactical warfare. He says, no, I am. Look at my number. And I'll be blown if he wasn't doing the bloody marathon. Uh, there was a half marathon event and the marathon event did, did the half and then went off and did another loop. And this fellow was absolutely storming along at a speed that would have seen him, if such a thing were allowed, win the half and then go on and win the marathon. Anyhow, I was rather impressed by that. Um, and he went off, and I think he won the marathon by about 20 minutes. Uh, and I got the half, which was nice. But, uh, yes, I thought that was, uh, well, impressive. He's just some sort of professional triathlete. Ben Goodfellow is his name. Shout out to Ben Goodfellow. From Kendall, originally. Lives down near Wales. To keep the Welsh theme going, from... Uh, most recent party lives down in Wrexham now. But why did I bring that up in the first place? Yes, because he was just having liquid fuel. He didn't grab no sweets. He didn't have any chocolate bars or out with him. He was just drinking from his flipping water bottle that had God knows what concoction in it, which is something I've never tried. And I thought, ah, that brings me nicely onto the uh, munching on the moors segment there. Because... Uh, the criteria that you discussed in the past about what is what is the ideal running snack, certainly the one that uh, comes to mind for me, the, the prime indicator of whether a food will be good for running or not, is uh, its, it's uh, st structural integrity to moisture content. Uh, I was going to say ratio, but we've already had a lot of ratios in this report, so I'll, <coughs> I'll refrain. But basically... If it's too moist, it's going to fall apart. 
But if it's too dry, you won't want to have it in your mouth when you're running. And uh, I've already expressed my love of biscuits on this podcast. So I thought, well, what is the ideal biscuit for running? Because on the whole, they're not a go-to. Too dry. Too dry in your mouth. And I thought the only thing really that gets away with it is a is a cookie, like an American-style chewy cookie. You know, you get one of those big ones the size of a bloody saucepan lid, rip that into chunks, and you could probably enjoy that on a longer run without too much hassle. Um, but not, of course, shortbread. That would be a terrible choice to run with. But shortbread is exactly what I had in my bum bag at the second race, uh, of the week well the second race in within the last week for me between moves which was today Barbendale in the Kendall Winter League and why did I have shortbread because uh, whilst we were moving house we were trying to get rid of it we were getting rid of a freezer it was a bit old and a bit knackered so we just thought oh, we'll just give it away and a woman very nicely when she came to collect her free freezer she brought us a, a tray of uh, shortbread biscuits uh, which I, I, f- I fairly smashed through whilst we were cleaning the house because uh, I didn't think ahead to bring snacks and it was a it was a bloody six-hour cleaning marathon uh, of house and gardens before we moved out. So I had probably several adults' worth daily recommendations of sugar and calories and uh, had a slightly upset tummy from what can I only imagine, a plug of shortbread forming at the bottom of my stomach. And I left two in the tray, and they got neatly wrapped in foil and put in my bum bag for Barbendale. And Barbendale is a truly a fell race. To, to cleanse the palate of the uh, trail race vibe from uh, last week, Barbendale's a proper proper job. Fiverr. Uh, Kendall Winter League, for those who don't know and would like to know, is a series organised by Helm Hill here in Cumbria. Um, just a series of races through the winter. They're all relatively short. They they range from a sort of, well, a cross-country race, really, some of them, um, up to something like Barmdale, which is very much a fell race. A lot of climb for the distance, even though it's short. Um they do junior races before the senior race. Uh, they're always well attended, good mix of clubs, obviously a lot of helms out, but it's always a, it's always a, a nice selection of vests there. And um, some great races in this series. Also a couple that I'm not so keen on, personally. I haven't done them all. Uh, I think probably my least favourite fell race is, is in there. I won't name names. I'll save that for another day. But some great ones in there. And uh, I hadn't done Barbendale before and I'll definitely do it again I enjoyed it today one of the rare occasions today when I uh, I arrived on time to the race which is I'm usually absolutely scrabbling to get out the door get registered before they bloody start the thing but today I was like oh well prepared got there on time despite my living amongst boxes at the new house managed to get all my kit together and everything and then typically as I arrived there's uh, Pat McAver, the uh, FRA membership secretary and keen fell runner. 
And he knocks on the door of my window and says, Ah, oh, Bobby, I've broken down just up the road. Can you give us a lift back up to the car? I'm on the phone to the AA. I said, Oh, yeah, no worries, Pat, jump in. So uh, he jumped in and we start tootling up the lane. And I think, Oh, it'll just be a minute up there because I only had about 12 minutes until registration closed, which is, uh, is good going for me. But anyway, it was about eight minutes up the road. So I absolutely chucked him out of the car at the other end, said, Good luck. Um, he's on the phone to the AA woman trying to explain to her she says oh you parked on a motorway or a dual carriageway he's like no it's a bloody lane up the side of a fell somewhere and I barely got any signal as it is anyway I dumped him turned around straight back down the lane parked up but of course all the cars are parked way away from registration so then I had to jump out in my bloody jeans and shirt and sprint down the road like an idiot Uh, but I did get registered so that was nice and then onto the race itself, uh, short and steep, I think. Best description, two miles, thereabouts. Uh, and I'm not sure what the climb would be, but hundreds of metres. Uh, the ratio, oh, ratios again. Bloody hell, I sound like a mathematician over here. But the yeah, climb for distance is significant. You start in the sort of valley bottom by the beck, and then you go immediately, you're straight up the side of the the flank of the, the fell, um, you get to a, a kind of top and then you run along the top of the fell a short way. So you're still climbing technically, but it's a lot more, it's a lot flatter. Uh, so you're probably, if you're at the front end, you're probably 12 minutes steep climb and then maybe five minutes out and back to the sort of summit, as it were. Um, and then you're on, you know, just a couple minutes of really steep descent um, not too muddy and slippy today, pretty good conditions. There's a tiny touch of sort of stony scree stuff, but it's pretty grassy descent on the whole. Um, there were some good runners out today. Uh, I set off, as we set off, I did, I did slightly overdo the first uh, minute or so. I led the first half of the climb because I sort of thought the climb was even shorter than it was, even though it is short. And... Uh, <laughs> I couldn't hear anyone panting on my shoulder and I thought, ah, that's an issue because um, there should be, some of the faster runners here should be right with me and they're not, so they probably know something I don't know about what's to come. Um, And sure enough, about halfway up, Rob Jeb sort of turned up alongside me for a moment and then thought, I can do better than this and he was right and he was off. Uh, And I always love to see Rob Jeb running because... uh, I like to think of myself as a Rob Jebesque shape. Uh, Fullerons come in all shapes and sizes, obviously, and that's one of the things I think is great about it is that you think you've seen the, the perfect human form for fell running, and then you'll be surprised because there'll be someone else who's just as well as that person and looks totally different. There's some more built people. You've got someone like Ricky Lightfoot, who's not skin and bone, you know, he's fairly muscly. Um, I mean, he's quite a good-looking fella. I don't, don't want to go on about it, but... Um, You've got him, and then you've got someone like Johnny Cox in uh, My Club Eden, who is very much on the lightweight, slim build, you know, light-footed kind of category, uh, but not super short. And then you've got some sort of shorter runners there who do, you know, equally as well as the taller people. So you never know, really. But, I mean, Rob Jeb is built like me, but better. And uh, and he proved it, because he came past me, and he cruised on up, and... um, had a very, very respectable gap. Another lad came past. Another lad came past. So then I was in fourth. Uh, got one back. So at the top I was third. 
and on the descent there, Rob was not really troubled. He probably had a uh, 20 seconds by the end. In second place was a guy from Settle who I should probably know who he is because he, he was quite rapid, but I'm afraid I don't know the name off the top of my head. Um, and he was ahead of me by, again, you know, good good few seconds. Not, not really troubled by me. Um, I suppose my event on the descent was that my foot came bursting out the bottom of my shoe in very much a James Gray-esque um, occurrence. Uh, I wouldn't say it was fully fully off my foot. It was more like my foot was sort of coming out the side. Um, but it definitely, I noticed it when a stone started stabbing into my heel and my shoe was sort of flapping around a bit. Uh, Adidas Terex, great shoe. Doesn't last very long. Uh, much like all the other shoes. And you know what, I'll put a call out right now. Since I've noticed that uh, a, lot of these, uh, a lot of these fell running companies are putting out spicy new shoes right now we've got your you've got your innovates putting out theirs scott come out with one uh and i know some people may have heard the whispers i believe a true ron hill back in the shoe game fell running shoe coming out soon so that's all very well and good and we've got a nice uh, choice right now but if any one of them could just make a shoe that was more durable than the rest i would be buying that shoe because they all seem to just implode within a few months of hard running and uh, I think that's a bit naff really uh, like yeah fine they're lightweight and all but I'll take a few extra grams if it's actually going to survive some proper running for you know a whole year that would be nice anyway there's my rant over uh, yeah so Rob Jeb Jebby himself Helm Hill's fine I was going to say finest or Chris Richard might have something to say about that Tim Lamont as well but uh, anyway one of the finest still running with the very best of them even though he's um, well he's probably 10 or 15 well, maybe even 15 years older than me but uh, I mean put me to shame today uh, well, I was happy with my performance anyway and uh, yeah good running all around lots of vets out uh, yeah Colin Valentine and uh, that's all sorts of people there really good day out lovely weather and I can recommend to people not only Kendall Winter League, but uh, sorry, not only Barbendale, but Kendall Winter League races on the whole. I can recommend to them uh, cookies for running with. I uh, don't recommend shortbread. Uh, and I do recommend living within sight of Windermere, Langdale, Troutbeck. Uh, I feel pretty spoiled rotten, really. Um, and now I had better go and dismantle this cabin and say goodbye to the snowdrops and the birds, who I hope have given everyone a nice uh, lilting background for this. Oh, my days, 19 minutes. He is never going to use this. Sorry, Charlie. Bye, everyone. This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things, too. So please come and join us, we hope you enjoy this. This is On The Back Foot. Well, that might have been 19 minutes long, but those eager-eared listeners, that must be a more appropriate saying, might have heard him call me Charles at the start of that. And uh, if you want to charm Mr Baker, that's the correct name and the correct pathway to doing it 
there was so much in that. There were two race reports. There was a little bit of munching on the moors. So the guy who won the marathon was using what sounds like state-of-the-art sports nutrition drinks. And Bobby was getting muddled between jelly babies and jelly beans, was disappointed with jelly beans. They clearly didn't make his list. In other news, we did hear that the trigger was won by a man eating Rice Krispie Squares. So, you know, that worked for Joe Oldfield. I think it's about finding what you like and what you enjoy, isn't it? That brings me on to a a little confession. Um, I was taken in by some aggressive marketing Um and I tried Athletic Greens AG1, as uh, some of you may have heard. I thought, right, I was taken in by a friend over the Herbalife and vowed never to be caught again by such rubbish. But I fell for AG1 after I heard it really was a game changer and how people have this as part of their everyday and how wonderful it was. And I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. And it arrived in some very impressive packaging with some very impressive marketing uh, gadgets with it. And to be fair, I actually quite like the taste. So I thought, well, I'll give this a go. I've got a bit of expendable income. Um, You know, full disclosure, it's just me. I uh, have no dependents, which uh, once I was leaving... Colin Lewis cycles in Paynton with two new bike wheels and uh, smiles at this man on his way in, you know, looking pleased with my new Mavic wheels. And he went, not got a girlfriend then? (laughs) Some kind of mind reader. But yeah, I thought, why not, you know, I'll try the uh, expensive sports supplement that everybody's raving about. And I've got to be honest... I've noticed absolutely fuck all. <laughs> but I have continued to take it for a while because I thought I quite like the taste. Um, it looks green, it looks healthy. And then I was at the supermarket the other day and I was thinking, oh, I wish I could find some reduced washing up powder. So I didn't buy any. And uh, then I was at my place of residence and I was opening my housemates or my landlords, the landlord of <laughs> Totley's washing powder and I just thought you, you despicable human being pilfering other people's washing powder whilst you spend £79 a month on a supplement that you've got no idea if it does anything. So I just wanted to share that with you because I um, I think some of these things are really heavily hyped. I think everybody is always searching for the, the next thing that's going to help them. And I just, yeah, if you were thinking about athletic greens, because we'd all love to feel amazing all the time. Um, like I say, it didn't do anything bad for me. It did taste quite nice. If you've got a hell of a lot of expendable income, you might want to try it. Um, I track my, my watch gives me my heart rate variability, and I thought before I cancel it, I'll have a look at it over the course of the last year. And uh, 
my heart rate variability was improved when I was off work. So, as always, the best advice is just to quit your job and be a bum. Maybe just keep spending your money on more fruit and veg um, and washing powder. I don't think enough podcasts and running media talk about the amount of washing that there is of people training regularly. Maybe even there's a fell runner who still lives with their parents um, and maybe they'd want their um, mum or dad to come on the podcast and talk to me about you know what it's like living with a fell runner and all the washing. As for Athletic Greens, um, it didn't really do anything for me. Maybe that means I've already got a uh, good diet that gets me all these nutrients that they're selling that I must have. Um, But if you're someone listening to this and you're thinking, no, it's incredible, I had a really good experience with it, please get in touch with On The Back Back Foot Pod at gmail.com. So from the monthly, let's go to the weekly and the review with On The Bobfoot. Last week was a better week in terms of I didn't feel like a bag of and uh, I got 8 hours and 37 minutes of running in that was covering 54 55 and a half miles 6,201 feet or 1,890 metres of elevation it started off on a Monday you're seeing the regular theme here Monday it was a easy before Ooh, what was I run for? 29 minutes. Um, and yet, just a nice little potter up and down the river. I'd been out for a walk that morning. Um, it was very windy that day. And I'd spent the afternoon with Skip the dog. So that was a very easy run. Um, and I just was moving comfortably listening to an audio book. On to Tuesday, where... After a work meeting in the morning, I was a bit pressed for time. um, So I thought, right, I'm going to take advantage of the treadmill. Um, Billy had suggested if I was running on a treadmill, I should set it to 4%. And he put out a a speed of possibly me hitting 13 and a half kilometres. Now, I was very smart here. And I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to let that be the red rag to the bull as it always is. I'm going to go at 13 kilometres an hour and see if it's comfortable. So it was. I did 10 minutes at that pace. It was a kind of threshold effort. Felt good. Had a little walk around um, for a couple of minutes. Did 10 minutes again. And it was lovely and comfortable. And then I did five minutes. Still very comfortable. And for the last five minutes, I thought, let's just see what 13 and a half would have been like and it was still mostly comfortable but I felt I was straining a little bit and I just felt a little tightness in my calf and I thought "Mm, I think I hit that session really really smartly there by going more off feel and uh, not going aiming for the sky Um, I managed to get in the gym that evening uh, just because some people have asked for the detail believe it or not I did three sets of five reps and I was doing, so that's for strength gains or just 
keeping strength if I'm not doing enough sets. I don't want them to give me loads of DOMS. So it was a front squat with 40 kilos, a Romanian deadlift with 110 kilos, and then I did um, some bridges with my foot up on a bench. I also did some upper body exercises and had some dim sum for the dinner. Homemade, well, bought from a Chinese supermarket. Um, the next day, oh, that was a long run. I was very tired. I uh, met my friend Colin Osborne in the morning at seven. And yeah, Colin was there for half the run and I carried on for, I was out for like 89 minutes covering eight miles. And I was just very tired, a bit dehydrated and thinking that was a bit much for me. Um, I wasn't sure if that was a recovery run. The day after, um, Rob and Josh were casualties. Josh expecting a child that still hasn't arrived, but maybe by the release of the podcast, he will be uh, a father to two. And uh, Rob struggling with family uh, full of colds. So I had a lovely run in the snow, uh, singing songs to 90s dance, um, enjoying myself, falling over my bum, and having a great run. Um, I was out for 57 minutes to be precise, on, oh yeah, then it was a real bad snow day, but I managed to get to Sheffield and treat two patients like the hero that I am, but I also got myself down to my race kit in uh, Sheffield and treated myself to some Adidas bouncy shoes, um, Michael Kenyon has pulled me up on this on Strava, I did say I was going to be no carbon, but I've decided I ain't getting any younger and I ain't really going to go for those half marathon and marathon PBs that I used to be so bothered about. So I thought, actually, wouldn't it be fun to have carbon shoes? And who knows, I could even put them on for leg five of my bob and a sort of cushioned running uh, like Jack Kenzel. Um, Obviously, I'll be hitting the speeds he was after, you know, four and a half legs so I thought I'd get some and see if they uh, helped look after my occasionally ailing legs so I had a bouncy run down to Baslow and then I did some strides and they did feel amazing it did feel like I had a bit of a advantage over my previous shoes from my bouncy new shoes and I uh, came home feeling good did the gym again that night. I was managed to get up to 120 kilos on the Romanians. Um, and I did some calf raises. And I put a bit of weight on that. And then was doing some hip thrusts with one of those lovely things that um, cushions your, your middle up against the uh, uncomfortable bar. So doing well coming into Saturday I managed a nice 80 minutes up and down the Monsell Trail listening to a couple of podcasts and feeling comfortable um, that took me about 10 miles and then on Sunday morning I met Bartshaw early doors 7am to run up Windhill down the other side up Loose Hill back down up Windhill back down to say goodbye to Bart turning around thinking that oh I've just got you know one I think I thought I had about 
less than a mile to go, but I thought, you know what I could do, I could try and go up Parking Clough. Then I realised that I was looking at the elevation, uh, not the distance. And actually I had two miles to do, so I thought, what the hell? I went all the way back up to Windhill again, and then with some good old tired legs, did a very slow descent back down. Um, <laughs> Bart, I, Bart destroyed me on that run. He just, from the word go, was like, it, like he'd just been let off a lead and was just, just pushing the pace. And I was hoping for just a bit of a chatty bobble around. Um, but yeah, it was, it was actually, it was a lovely morning. Um, it was great to be out with, with Bart, even if he was hell-bent on um, getting his revenge for Tigger Tour and... Uh, yeah, trying to make my uh, long run to a threshold workout. But thanks, Bart. Um, it's always a pleasure. So it's been a good week, and I would say I've felt a little bit better than I had on previous weeks. I've also been doing a little bit of yoga in the mornings and uh, making sure I'm in bed for 10pm. So that's my wildly exciting life and my uh, preparations for the BG coming along nicely. Um, it's probably worth saying that Billy isn't just making me um, fit for the Bob Graham. I think he's trying to keep me generally um, up to speed in other departments as well. Um, but I just keep thinking about the Bob because it's just such an exciting thing to have in the distance. Before moving on to the special features, I just wanted to thank some of the kind people who got in touch Following the Gary House episode, there's a man on Instagram called Run, Ride, Sleep Outside who puts up some lovely pictures and I use my best detectives to track his name down. I think he's called Rich Baldwin. So thank you, Rich, for your feedback. Um, long may you enjoy the podcast and putting some lovely stuff up on the gram there. And also... I got a nice message from another chap named Chris Billingham saying he enjoys the pod. So thank you very much for that. These things are all appreciated. Um, might not always seem like it, but I do want to do a good job with this podcast. Um, mainly just for fun. Uh, I'm not seeking any commercial gains from it. Don't really want to put adverts all over it um, and keep it fun, silly and free. I think there have been some races this weekend, um, but I haven't been able to get you any roaming reporting on any of them. So that is definitely a place where, you know, there is an avenue for people to send some content in. I've tried putting a Facebook group together that gets a little bit of chat if I've got the time to put any posts on that. But if you're a listener and you enjoy this podcast, don't be afraid to engage get involved um and like i say i really appreciate the people who have taken the time out to say that they enjoy it everyone's talking at us and i cannot hear a word the same echoes of my mind.
folks, stop and go. I cannot see mush. All these shadows of their eyes. Tossing it down. How's it going, Charles? It's going away under to thin this out of Barry Lyle Duke and Spot. Which means I'm going over there to find a nice place to swim. Dear is Charles, hopefully you can help me by getting the word out to your vast network of listeners. On the 14th of February this year, in Ambleside, aka Amblesser Day, if you're American, there is an exhibition taking place, uh, which is about Lake District fell running. And on the 14th of February, we have got 2023 British and English fell running champions Nicola Jackson and Billy Cartwright coming to open the exhibition. We've got little films, there's uh, loads of pictures. I know Daniel Ledbury's done quite a bit from her book Why We Run, which I'm sure loads of you got a copy of over Christmas. There's trophies, there's plethora of fell running memorabilia and, um, and, and lots of in- information about how it started and different races that take place. There's little treasure hunts, there's orienteering, there's um, possibly going to be a few fell races going from there. The exhibition's open from the 14th of February until the end of the year and yeah there's various people who've had quite a lot of say in it I know uh, BGS has done a fair bit for it he's currently collecting various Lakeland Fell Running Club vests to show <clears throat> and it'll be a really good night so get yourselves down opens on the 14th of February Valentine's Day which is, of course, a month before another important day, 14th of March, which is Steak and Blowjob Day. So get yourself down, come and have a deke, see what it's all about, and have some fun. Many thanks, Jacob Tonkin, Lord of Film here. I was quite in touch that Gary Harrison's taken me out for pizza. I can eat pizza. Uh, part of my New Year's resolution this year has actually been to not pass up an opportunity to eat a pizza. And when I say that, I mean, if I'm going out for food and there's pizza on the menu, I'd have a pizza because I love pizza. I'm not saying that if I drive past the takeaway, I have to stop and have pizza because that would be a bit insane. I do feel, though, me you missed a trick with singing Champagne Supernova at the end of that last episode when you could have quite easily changed quite a few of the lyrics to Gary House-themed lyrics. Someday you will find him squatting in his home gym. How many special people change? How many folks are living strange? When you are coached by Gary fucking house. Annoyingly, I can't send these this feedback to you via Spotify, so I have to send them via voice notes. But right now I have to do some work, so have a good day. Kind regards, Jacob Tonkin. In previous episodes of Learning Cumbrian with Jacob Tonkin, I mentioned how if we were pointing you out in a crowd, Charles, we'd say, Sister Young Gadget with Nay Town Blater, meaning look at that bloke over there with no hair in his head. So today's phrase is actually sister, which means 
see that. My granddad, my dad's dad, ran a pub in Keswick and it was called Alf Tonkin, known to many people as Twag Tonkin. Twag, for some reason, which meant my dad was young Twag and me and my sisters have become the Twaglets to some people. Not many people call me dad Twag anymore. My dad mainly gets Tonk, um, which is where my nickname comes from because we are Tonkin. And um, when my granddad met my nana, my, my nana thought my granddad had loads and loads of sisters because he keeps saying sister over there. And she thought he was saying sister over there, my sister over there, um, which was a tremendous faux pas. And everyone laughed about it for many moons. So there you go, sister, young Gadjuan, Nate and Blater. If I was to hear that walking through the streets of Keswick, which might happen because I'll be coming up to visit um, as I start getting up for a few reckies. Yeah, if I was to hear that on the streets of Keswick, um, I'd be very, I'd be very honoured that, you know, that people are learning Cumbrian from Jacob. It might be, but that would just be how the locals greet me anyway. Um Jacob, coming back to you, we've heard some lovely singing. Uh, is there any way that we can say someone has a wonderful set of pipes on them um, in Cumbrian, maybe for next week's episode, and keep these lovely stories about your family coming? Oh, y- y- you have. Me, Rod, my granddad used to be, despite all the poor, he used to have his fingers in many, many pies, and he was a very keen fisherman. And he also used to breed uh, whippets and I think greyhounds as well, but he used to race them all. And there's a couple of times when he, used to, he was particularly cross because his dog had won one night when it shouldn't have won. He was meant to win next week. And my dad was a very good runner um, on the track when he was younger. And he used to, my granddad used to make my dad race against the, the dogs. And my dad would have you know, a 50-yard start over 100 yards or something. I don't think my dad would very often beat the dogs. But that's kind of where our, where my my speed, raw speed and <clears throat> power comes from on my dad's side. And he had the chance to go and run quite a high level and then he decided just before these trials that he would go and have a run, uh, sorry, a bike ride um, around the lake. And he ended up going up Newlands and coming down stair and if any of you ever done the Teenager with Altitude Race or the Causey Pike Race, you go out over a, a cattle grid um, to get to the start of, you know, if you're out in the way of Causey or to get to the start of the Teenager. And my dad was coming down and he went off the cattle grid and his back wheel exploded <clears throat> and he went clean to a wall and he ruptured his ACL. <clears throat> but this was back in the 50s when, uh, sorry, the 60s when... Um, they obviously didn't really know that much about how to do that, how to do anything about it. So short of having open knee surgery, they um, they just left him. And that kind of ended my dad's uh, running career. But he's passed a lot of them genes on to us <clears throat> because my sister plays rugby for Scotland and for sale sharks and she is rapid. And I have got a rather good turn of speed and um, so i've got a question for you charles which fell runner do you think would win 
in a hundred meter sprint there's your question to ponder for this week well there's an unnecessary story about my dad and my granddad and i don't even know how many fell runners you've seen going at full whack but i'm just procrastinating because it's hammering it down and i need to take the beast out for a bit of a run and i can't be bothered i've still got these remnants of a cold i'm still sounding like bloody bob fleming off the fast show <coughs> hello there bob fleming here so hopefully i can recover one of these one day without coughing every 30 seconds um so the rest of the day today is orienteering one is round the streets of keswick which in previous years i've actually won so i'm hoping to do reasonably well at that and then tonight it's the british nighttime fell running championships uh over by manstead uh, well manstead and horse end woods like sandy cat bells so my start time is 22 minutes past seven tonight and i'm actually setting off four minutes after matty atkinson so my goal is to catch matty because if i catch him that means i've beaten him and if i do catch him i am 100 percent kegging him pinching his map turning his head torch off and giving his little white bot a slap and then running off so let's hope that that happens because that will be that will bring me greater amusement and means i get to beat my on one of the rare occasions that i beat him at anything although i did beat him last week at orienteering actually um because he seemed to have a bit of a disaster anyway wish us luck i'll let you know how we get on I would say I'd try and record some whilst I'm during the event, but if I'm seen using my phone, I'll be disqualified. So I shan't be doing that, because you never know, next time you speak to me, I might become, I might be a British champion. Um, which my nana was actually two times British over 70s orienteering champion in 2003 and 2004. So let's hope it happens. Kind regards, Jacob Tonkin. So there we go, a learning experience again with Jacob Tonkin. Um, I hope that he is now the British nighttime fell running orienteering champion. I don't know, I've not seen the results, um, but Jacob, hope that went well. And thank you again for your great contributions. Well, I guess there can only be one more thing to happen. I think, well, I wonder how Will Boothman's flapjacks are lately. He is definitely reaching out if somebody has a flapjack recipe for him. I'm not the man. Last time I tried to make flapjack, it was unfortunately more like a granola. Still, I had the hindsight to buy some Greek yogurt and pretend that's what I'd been aiming for all along. I've packed my lunchbox What's in yours? Tell me what you like I don't like when you're munching on the moors Hi Charlie, it's Will Munching on the moors So I don't think I've ever spoken to you About my um, Suboptimal training So What it is, is um, You go out training in less than ideal conditions generally with a hangover the theory being that when you do come to your big event you will not be hungover and your body will be firing on all cylinders of course the danger is 
you've been training your body in uh well an alcohol ravaged state so the body might react negatively to this and go what the hell is going on here no alcohol now what am i gonna do so anyway last night went out for a few jars and i've been on my jog plod today and um i made my wraps yeah wraps are back last night and They've given me a bit of indigestion. I should know better, really. It should be just carbs, 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 mostly. All I do, I don't know, when I'm going with the tuna, like, it's, it's fine as a lunch snack, I think, but it's probably too much to go on with the digestion, too much um, protein, maybe. Anyway, it's sat on my tummy a bit, and that kind of made me feel a bit uh demotivated going up uh wind hill i didn't have the energy but um actually then this i reminded myself of a suboptimal training because i don't want to let good food go to waste so i'm just walking up above bamford edge again not the same part as last week but um i don't want my gap to go to waste so i'm gonna do it again and maybe bring in some self-induced indigestion this does however replicate any gastrointestinal stress that you might find yourself under during big events that we have planned for the year ahead. So it's all good training, mate. It's all good training. But um, the, the contents of today's wrap are no jalapenos. Yeah, not great. Um, not sure of a great full stop. Uh, but tuna, red onion, and a tiny dash of uh, sriracha sauce just to give it a bit of bite um, and a whole meal wrap. Two long, thin ones. Um, Probably a bit too long uh, for me. Um, and flapjack update, they're better. Um, what have I not done? I think I just included less nuts and seeds and stuff and they seem to be all right. But there's the cooking time's a real, real deal breaker. So if you go for 15 minutes, it they can be a bit soft and fall apart. And like one minute longer than that and they turn into like solidified lava so i don't know maybe maybe someone could send in a delightful recipe who knows keep up the good work and i hope to see you soon goodbye bye lovely that will um it uh yeah i hope it was a good wrap we didn't hear the result of that sriracha and on a hangover on a hill um but also some fantastic training tips for you all out there so yeah will's really bringing us Lots to ponder. Um, in the meantime, whilst all this has been edited together, I mentioned earlier about Josh Williams being absent for a run. He is now a father to another boy, and um, I'd love to congratulate him, so I will. Congratulations, Josh. And you've had a baby on what is perhaps the finest um, national day, uh, Shrove Tuesday. So I can't work out I don't think you're going to celebrate your son's birthday every Tuesday of every year. You could. I mean, if if my birthday was originally on Shrove Tuesday, I think I would celebrate my birthday only on Pancake Day. Or I'd at least be requesting pancakes on my birthdays that don't fall on Shrove Tuesday. It has boggled my brain a little bit because with how often... Will Josh's son celebrate his birthday on Shrove Tuesday? 
Um, and also, I hope you're all um, celebrating Shrove Tuesday, uh, munching in your in your homes and um, enjoying some pancakes. What what finer food could you have if you've uh, been out for a nice long run? I didn't want to to raise any negatives today. There's a lovely chap who gave us 19 minutes of his time at the start of the episode uh, called Bobby Guard Story. Um, who I, yeah, as I say, I thought he was a nice man um, until I offered him my Totley vest uh, for um, for his display. Now, I mean, it's obviously incorrect of me because it's a Lakeland felling, fell running... Um, you know, show he's he's helping put together there, but I mean we do travel to the lake sometimes, and um, you know I like to think seeing the lovely green vest of Totley AC um, just shows you know the the mass appeal of uh, Lakeland fell running. So it could go on the wall; it's still there as an option. But um, he was quite condescending about my lovely athletic club, and and I was rather hurt. And uh, that's how I'm going to play you out. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have you become? My sandwich friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have had it all Maybe more than a regular spot on this podcast You have let me down You have made me hurt I wear a green vest Upon a lion's chest Full of broken thoughts You I can't repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else Bobby, I'm right here 
What have you become? My sandwich friend Everyone I know Goes away In the end You could have had it all Maybe more than a regular spot on a phoning podcast You have let me down If I could start again Only joking, Bob Million miles away I would keep myself I would find a way Don't try heroin, people. I'm sure it's not the answer. Was a podcast. We talked about running. We talked about other things too. Thank you for joining. We hope you enjoyed it. That was on the back foot.